Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. Our show is about to begin. And now, part four of our look at the music to Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. This is The Soundtrack Show. Welcome back to The Soundtrack Show. I'm your host, David W. Collins, and this is the final episode of our in-depth look at the music of Star Wars Episode V, The Empire Strikes Back, a film from 1980 with a film score by John Williams. We left off last time with Luke Skywalker on the swamp planet of Dagobah, training under Master Yoda, while the rest of our characters were hiding out in an asteroid field safe from the Imperial fleet. Or so they thought. Turns out that the Millennium Falcon is hiding in more than just some cave in a larger asteroid. Without knowing it, they're actually sitting in the belly of the whale. Or space slug, as the case may be. This, by the way, is another callback to Joseph Campbell. Though with a twist, our characters have no idea. So we're going to hear a passage that plays largely with no music from the film and ends with a brand new melody one that starts off in a similar way rhythmically to the Imperial March. Instead of dun 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 we get dun 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 It's as if to say, ah, you escaped one crazy threat, but you literally were swallowed up by a completely new one right next door. Man, outer space is brutal. Here's the theme in question. Now, let's go ahead and listen to the sequence in the movie, starting from the end of a scene with Luke and Yoda, and then cutting back to Thai bombers randomly bombing caves along the surface of the asteroid, hoping to strike the hiding Millennium Falcon. You will be. 
We see Leia sitting quietly, alone in the cockpit. Everything's getting so still. Wait, she sees something silently move past the window. Shh, she goes to look closer. And then... Ah, jump scare! She sees what we're about to learn is a Minoc. Han and Chewie look up with those goofy goggles on. This got a laugh when I saw the re-releases in the movie theater. Listen! Are you crazy? I just got this bucket back together. I'm not gonna let something tear it apart. Oh, then I'm going with you. I think it might be better if I stay behind and guard the ship. Oh no. And they go outside to investigate, and the music cue begins. It's creepy in this cave. Ground sure feels strange. Doesn't feel like rock. The ground gives yucky squishing sounds with every audible footstep. There's an awful lot of moisture in here. I don't know. I have a bad feeling about. Finally, this. the Minox appear yeah. with a music stinger only. Watch out! It's all right. It's all right. And Solo shoots one off of the ship. He calls him out by name, Minox. Chewing on the power cables. Minox. Go on inside. We'll clean them off if there are any. And then more. another one, along with another music stinger, appears. <laughs> but those aren't the real threat. The whale, or space slug, feeling the shot, is personified with a low tuba, like Jaws. Han fires a second shot into the floor, and the low strings start to chug. What follows is a massive action cue, with our new Minox slash space slug theme. But wouldn't you know it, this isn't originally how Williams scored it. Well, the back half, yes, but from the top of that clip that I just played, all the way until our heroes walk outside of the ship, used to be totally filled with music. Here is the same section of the movie with the original music restored. You will be. Ah, the music piques our curiosity. But it telegraphs the scare a bit. The big space slug theme starts much earlier. Plays over the laugh moment. Where? Outside the cave. There it is. Listen, listen. Are you crazy? I just got this bucket back together. I'm not going to let something tear it apart. Oh, then I'm going with you. I think it might be better if I stay behind and guard the ship. Oh, no. And finally, they're back into the cave where the music comes in as we know it from the finished film. So, why the cut? 
It's interesting. Some of you on social media pointed out that sometimes music is cut because of a real change, because a shot is inserted, and so it no longer times out in the correct way, so they have to edit music, and sometimes it breaks cues down. And that's true. But I do think that in this case, it's because the scare was more effective without the music. And the tension-breaking shot of Han and Chewie in space goggle attire plays better without a giant melody introducing itself for the first time over the top of it. Instead, we get the melody for the first time when we, the audience, like our characters, understand the real threat. I don't know, the music added here might be giving away the situation a bit too soon. That's my theory anyway. By the way, did you notice the Imperial March phrase being used once again to let us know we were cutting back to a parallel storyline? You know, when the TIE bombers are bombing the asteroid? I mentioned before that this Imperial March stinger is used again and again in the movie every time you cut back to the Imperial fleet. So one possible reason for cutting this music may be to avoid the fatigue of that phrase happening yet again. Maybe the filmmakers felt that at this point we, the audience, would get it and be able to track the jumping storylines without the help of the music. And of course not to worry because it does show up again later in case any of us might get confused down the road. Speaking of the Imperial Fleet, I'd like to discuss a small little phrase, or maybe even just a texture we could call it, that Williams introduces to score the presence of bounty hunters. Namely, Boba Fett. Aboard Vader's ship, right after Bosk intimidates the Imperial officers, we hear this low contrabassoon, or maybe bassoon, start playing in its low register. Priority signal from the Star Destroyer Avenger. Right. There will be a substantial reward for the one who finds the Millennium Falcon. And then as we get a shot of Boba Fett, we hear... But I want them alive. No disintegration. As you wish. Lord Vader. My lord, we have them. We hear it again once our heroes aboard the Millennium Falcon detach from one of the Star Destroyers and the fleet jumps to hyperspace while the Falcon hides in its trail of garbage. Well, also hiding in that trail of garbage is Boba Fett aboard his ship, the Slave One, tracking the Millennium Falcon, and we hear this low figure yet again. Finally, just to cement the fact that this is a little theme for Boba Fett, We hear it as he stands next to Darth Vader at the dinner table when our heroes are ambushed on Cloud City. We would be honored if you would join us. I had no choice. They arrived right before you did. I'm sorry. Only Boba Fett, only someone who looks that cool can sound so dangerous in so few notes. Anyway, let's move on to Cloud City since we just started talking about it here. I want to talk about the moment that the Millennium Falcon is flying into Cloud City and talk about the music that plays as they are starting to get closer and closer to the city in the clouds. What we hear is a seven-note motif. And after the seven-note motif plays, which, by the way, to me sounds like a very clear warning, I mean, after all, it pretty much is a fully voiced, fully realized rendition of that Boba Fett motif that we just played. 
So yeah, I'd call it a clear warning. We start to hear a sound that is new to Star Wars, or at least was new in 1980 up at this point. An instrument like the synthesizer that had never been used before. What is that instrument? The human voice. Listen to the sound of that all-female choir. Now, it's interesting because I have always thought that this is reminiscent of a siren song, meaning the sirens from Homer's The Odyssey, the sirens that called sailors into the sea only to sweep them away to their death. And sure enough, I looked it up in the 1980 double soundtrack LP in The Empire Strikes Back, and John Williams says the same thing. Quote, Side 3, track number 2, The City in the Clouds. At the first sight of Lando's City in the Clouds, we hear a sumptuous melody with a distant accompaniment of women's voices, which gives the effect of a siren's chorus, both exotic and otherworldly. Well, that is a clear warning to our modern sensibilities. Here we have a scene where finally, after all of this time in the snow, and after all of this time in a swamp, and after all of this time in the coldness of space in a rock, and even inside the belly of a space slug, we are finally looking at something beautiful on screen. We're looking at clouds and skies and sunset. The visuals are gorgeous. Everything visually about Cloud City looks enticing and inviting, yet the music doesn't lie. The music gives us both a seven-figure warning motif, and it gives us the allure of safety, not actual safety, not what our characters on screen think they're going to finally get after all they've been through. Instead, what they're going to get is a trap. The music is telling us they're walking into a trap, We know they're walking into a trap. We saw Boba Fett track them. Luke has a vision of a city in the clouds and them being in pain. John Williams and the London Symphony Orchestra are in on the plot, just like the audience is, just like Luke Skywalker is as he arrives. And we hear a gentle, not quite heroic, but earnest telling of the main title slash Luke's theme. It's interesting to note about Cloud City, about how beautiful it looks, and yet how dark the music is throughout this, almost the entire passage. Yet on Dagobah, the visuals are so dark. It's a swamp. It's not a very inviting or nice place to be. It's a harsh environment. Yet the music lifts us up, as we've mentioned in previous episodes. The music soars. I think that comparison there is very, very intentional on the part of Williams. He's playing against the visuals through much of The Empire Strikes Back, and Cloud City, as we're about to find out, is certainly no exception. And now for a brief intermission. We return now to the soundtrack show. Everything about Cloud City seems designed to have us 
on edge. Even Lando Calrissian's entrance to the Star Wars saga starts out as a prank. He plays at being angry. He plays at almost starting a fistfight. Nah, just kidding. Like our characters, we don't know what to expect. We know something bad's coming. We just don't know when. And then suddenly we're treated to this music. Ah, Cloud City. It's just so lovely. It's like it comes out of an old Sears catalog. The whole thing is just so beautiful. I want to go shopping and redecorate my 1965 kitchen. The French horns give it this kind of nobility as well. But let me ask you, do you trust this the first time you hear it? It's almost too nice. It seems too on the nose after everything that we've been through. It's no coincidence, then, that it seems to play right before something bad always happens. For example, C-3PO getting blasted apart. You know, seeing you sure brings back a few things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm responsible these days. It's the price you pay for being successful. Oh, nice to see a familiar face. Ichuta. How rude. That sounds like an auto unit in there. I wonder if... Hello? How interesting. Who are you? Who am I? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm terribly sorry. I, I didn't mean to intrude. No, 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 please don't get up. <laughs> and then again, right before Lando Calrissian betrays our heroes to Darth Vader. Our operation is small enough not to be noticed. Which is advantageous for everybody since uh, our customers are anxious to avoid attracting attention to themselves. Aren't you afraid the Empire is going to find out about this little operation? Shut you down? It's always been a danger, but it looms like a shadow over everything we've built here. But things have developed that'll ensure security. I've just made a deal that'll keep the Empire out of here forever. We would be honored if you would join us. Though, once Lando frees our heroes, we actually hear an earnest version of it as he's making a citywide announcement to evacuate the city. Attention, this is Lando Carissian. Attention, the Empire's taking control of the city. I advise everyone to leave before more Imperial troops arrive. Maybe Lando, as John Williams said during the spotting session, is actually emerging as a goodie. Meanwhile, there's other music starting to brew. Here is a theme that I call, just generically, the trap theme. It's a piece of music that plays throughout Cloud City, and it has a very, very ominous, menacing sense of danger to it. starts with these rhythmic strings.
followed by this ascending tone brass melody that actually contains a lot of dissonance in its harmony. But as I mentioned before, Luke Skywalker is determined to save the day. After arriving on his X-Wing and exchanging some blaster fire, Princess Leia yells out that it's a trap. And what theme do we hear? We don't hear Luke Skywalker's theme. We hear Yoda's theme. Now, why do we hear Yoda's theme here? Is it because Yoda was right and Luke is walking into a trap? And this is just yet a, the beginning of a clear example of that trap about to be sprung? Or is it because Yoda's teaching of Luke Skywalker, the new hope, has now been unleashed back into the world? And now what we're about to see is a fully, well, not so fully trained Luke Skywalker in action. I'd be curious to know what you think. I actually think it's the former instead of the latter, knowing how this movie ends. Yoda's theme reminds us not of Luke's heroism and his determination to succeed, but it reminds us of Yoda and the last thing Yoda told Luke. Luke, you must complete the training. Oh, I can't keep the vision out of my head. They're my friends. I gotta help them. You must not go. But Han and Leia will die if I don't. The cave. Remember your failure at the cave. But I've learned so much since then. Master Yoda, I promise to return and finish what I've begun. You have my word. It is you and your abilities the Emperor wants. That is why your friends are made to suffer. That's why I have to go. Luke, I don't want to lose you to the Emperor the way I lost Vader. You won't. Stop. They must be. On this all depends. Only a fully trained Jedi Knight with the Force as his ally, will conquer Vader and his Emperor. If you end your training now, if you choose the quick and easy path as Vader did, you will become an agent of evil. Patience. And sacrifice Han and Leia. If you honor what they fight for, yes. And now we're coming to a major set piece in the film, and that is the duel in the carbon freezing chamber between Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. What you're going to hear is the beginning of the duel, and notice that there is no music. Luke pops up into the carbon freezing chamber, and it sounded like I heard a cymbal swell in there, but everything seems to go musicless at Just the wonderful work of Ben Bird creating atmosphere. And suddenly Vader's breathing 
The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. Vader's breathing is what gives us the rhythmic pace here. And soon, the lightsabers will be ignited. Notice, of course, that Luke Skywalker ignites his first. And then Vader. Now, it's interesting to note how tonal these lightsabers are. Remember, this was a real fear by the filmmakers in the first film. That the lightsabers give off such a tonality that it would clash with the music. And certainly, they seem to score the scene very well. Some of the most unique sounds in all of movie history. And now the music is back in. You probably know what I'm going to say next. That originally, that entire sequence was scored with music. Let's take a listen to this restored cue. Now it's mostly just providing ambience and atmosphere here at the beginning. Yet when the camera cuts to Vader, listen to the piano. Right here. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. Right there. But you are not a Jedi yet. And now we get, or start to get, the development of that theme that I mentioned before which was what I called the trap theme. And this is a huge statement of this trap theme as the battle begins. Here it is. Now we pick up with the music as we remember it from the film. Interesting. I actually like that music very much. I think it adds a lot of tension. However, I, I know the film so well, and I think the sound work is so unbelievable in 1980 with what Ben Burt and his crew did there that um, I think it works equally as well without the music. However, that is just one of two passages in this epic duel that originally contained music. The following passage is another one from the film that has no music as we know it. Let's take a listen to get it fresh into our ears. We've cut back to the battle here. much, young one. full of surprises. Luke loses his lightsaber and jumps back to get it. Vader pounces. His feet hit the floor hard. Luke seems to be holding his own here. Your destiny lies with me, Skywalker. Obi-Wan knew this to be true. Ah, Vader's about to trap him inside the carbon freezing chamber. He falls in. All too easy. But jumps out. Without Vader realizing. Perhaps you're not as strong as the Until right about now. Impressive. Luke is up in the rafters. 
most impressive. Steam, smoke, alarms going off. He actually gets a hit on Vader. And now they're back to the standoff. Control your fear. Now, release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me. And now Vader has disappeared down below. Luke prowls above, almost like an animal searching for his prey. And he goes down below, looking for Vader. Now, let's hear that same sequence with the music restored. You have learned much, young one. The piano continues. He loses his lightsaber, we get a stinger. And then the Imperial March's Vader pounces and lands heavily, right on the beat. Your destiny lies with me, Skywalker. Obi-Wan knew this to be true. No. All too easy. Perhaps you're not as strong as the Emperor thought. Impressive. The Force theme plays. Most impressive. It's a hidden on Vader, and suddenly we hear Yoda's theme. You have controlled your fear. Now, release your anger. Only your hatred can destroy me. A full, full statement of Yoda's theme. As Luke, for the first time in the battle, and the only time in the battle, gets the upper hand. And Luke above. We get a French horn statement of Luke's theme. So interesting. So why was this cut? Why was this cut? Well, let's first of all talk about what the music did to that scene. That scene, I think that second half, more than the first half, fundamentally changes how we view that scene. For me, that scene gives me a tremendous amount of confidence in Luke's ability because the music tells us that Luke is doing really, really well. Without the music, you just can't tell what's a calculated loss by Vader which versus what what is actually Luke getting the upper hand? When you hear Yoda's theme like that, it makes you feel good about this scene in a way that when it plays with no music, you don't feel good about it at all. You still are just kind of biting your nails wondering how all of this is going to go. The same is true when Luke is up above looking down at where Vader disappeared to. With music, it clearly seems that Luke got the upper hand. Without music, we think he did, but you know we're really not getting any emotional help here from the orchestra. Perhaps Vader is hiding. Perhaps this is a trick. I think when you remove the music, it gives the fight an ambiguity that makes it feel more dangerous. As far as the first cue goes, I, I, you know, I'm kind of on the fence on that one. I actually think the music is nice there, especially that full statement of that trap theme that I mentioned earlier. However, the sound effects carry it just like it does in the second half with no music. 
And of course, the film as we know it works incredibly well. I just think it's such a fascinating, huge decision to take probably what is leading up to the most dramatic moment in the film, which of course is the revelation that Vader is Luke's father, and to strip all of that of music again shows tremendous confidence in how the scenes play on the part of the filmmakers. They cut the music, and yet again, they were right in doing so. When they cut this music, the music that follows has even more impact. And that is exactly what we experience in perhaps one of the most famous scenes in all of Star Wars, and dare I even say movie history, when Darth Vader reveals that he is Anakin Skywalker, Luke's father. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. This is where music is really needed. No. It's not true. That's impossible. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. No! No! This music is where you hear the Star Wars saga transform from a simple morality tale into the Greek tragedy of Darth Vader and the Skywalker family. Join me, and together we can rule the galaxy as father and son. Listen to those horns as Luke decides to fall to presumably his death. They're almost heroic. The Soundtrack Show will continue in a moment. We return now to The Soundtrack Show. I mentioned in the very first part of our look at The Empire Strikes Back that I would talk about the music by the numbers. What that means is, is that I have gone through and roughly tracked the number of appearances that these themes or leitmotifs have made throughout The Empire Strikes Back. And I think the numbers really do tell us something about the nature of this score. As I said before, by far, the theme that we hear the most is the Imperial March. But let me give you a few numbers to kind of illustrate just how much of the Imperial March we hear in The Empire Strikes Back. The main title, Luke Skywalker's theme, is actually a theme that we hear a lot in Empire. By my count, roughly about 28 times. Now, of course, a lot of those, about five of those, were in cues that were cut. But we hear it, of course, in the main title crawl, and of course at the end, in the end credits. We've mentioned where we hear it in Hoth, but you hear it quite a bit also in a minor key in this movie. And by using it in a minor key, you are no longer telling us that Luke is doing well. You're actually, let me move my double LP here. Instead of hearing... You're hearing this... That has a very different feel to it. And you hear that a lot, say, in Dagobah, for example, every time Luke seems to fail in his Jedi training. 
But you hear that cue roughly 28 times in the movie. That's a lot. Another one that you hear quite a bit in the movie is Han and Leia's theme. The love theme of the movie is a central and important theme. You hear it about 19 times. Besides where we stated at the beginning of Hoth, you of course hear it when they have their big romantic scene, The Kiss, aboard the Millennium Falcon. You hear it in the carbon freezing chamber, of we've, as we've mentioned before. And of course you hear it at the end. A very important theme. Another hugely important theme in this movie is, of course, Yoda's theme. 18 times throughout the movie. Of course in Dagobah, but also, as I've mentioned, on Cloud City. Of those 18 times, one, two, three, four of them are in cues that were cut. So I'm throwing out numbers like 18 times, 19 times, things like that. The Imperial March is heard in this movie a whopping 41 times. <laughs> 41 times! I mean, this thing is all over the place in this movie, more than double any other theme behind it with the exception of the main title, Luke's Theme, which is about three-quarters the amount of times. So you can see when we start looking at the amount of times John Williams is relying on these themes, this movie really is the dark chapter of the original Star Wars trilogy. The Empire, indeed, has struck back. It also illustrates the continuing importance of leitmotifs stylistically, that Wagnerian style, which we'll talk about in the future in the soundtrack show, that Wagnerian style of orchestral film music writing, which became so important again in the 1980s. The Empire Strikes Back and its use of leitmotifs really helps to solidify that style even further after Star Wars in 1977. Before we go, I want to talk about the very end of the film where we hear the Force theme. After our characters have been through so much, so much loss, so much physical and mental suffering and anguish, the end of the film cleans up well. Our characters all look like they, uh, they got cleaned up after their ordeal. And Luke is being made whole again by having his hand restored. I should say replaced by a mechanical one. A clear metaphor that he has been forever changed by this ordeal. He, like his father, is now part machine. He's damaged, but he's not too far gone yet. The music here gives us this hope. It also has a real longing to it. A longing for peace, for victory, but of course also a longing for Han Solo and for our cast of characters who were split up during the Battle of Hoth to hopefully be reunited someday. For now, all we have is this music to let us know that in spite of this film's dark, dark overtones, the good fight isn't over yet. Luke, Leia, Chewie, and now Lando, and of course the Rebel Alliance, aren't going to give up. The music over this sweeping shot of the Rebel fleet carries a positive feeling in us as we're swept into the movie's closing credits.
The Empire Strikes Back is, in my opinion, a musical masterpiece. One of those rare sequels that is, dare I say it, even better than the original. And at the same time, gives the original even more depth and makes that movie better as well. The score, I would argue, is the same way. In Empire, the hero's theme, Luke's theme, the Force theme, the princess's theme, the rebel fanfare, and of course the new themes all have so much more dramatic impact because of the darkness that they have to overcome. The stakes are high. Victory is not always guaranteed. Yet the music somehow always keeps us moving forward, no matter how many times we hear the Imperial March. This is one of those movies where I could sit and break down every cue, and maybe someday we will. But for now, I hope that this four-part series on the music of The Empire Strikes Back has been as fulfilling to listen to as it's been to make it. I'd love to hear from you via email at the soundtrack show at iHeartPodcastNetwork.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Soundtrack Show HSW or on Twitter at Soundtrack HSW. I'm also on Twitter at David W. Collins. Until next time, happy listening, and may the Force be with you. Thank you.